This is Sports Best, presented by Repost and on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a bad survival pool pick. He is Larry, out of contention Olson, and I am Andrew, one of four left, Keller. Larry, how many more survival pools are you currently still engaged in? Well, I got knocked out of two. I went for the long shots in Uncle Kirk's, and I got knocked out of another one. But the big $1,000 one, I'm still hanging in. I took the uh, Bengals, and they like- Hey, that's who I had. Yeah, last second. So, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I mean, the one that still matters. I, I Early on, when I first started doing survival pools, I would be like, well, I need to keep the good picks for later yep. in the season. And I quickly yep. learned that a lot of people flush yep. out pretty early. So I kind of go for uh, down, the, down the line chalk for the beginning. We'll see how that plays out for me. But I'm curious, what do you think defines a number one team? Is it being undefeated or do you think it's being the best? I mean, we see that play out a lot in college football, but... Right now, there's only one team left that's undefeated in the NFL, and that is Phoenix. Do you think that they are, or Arizona, do you think that they are the best team in the NFL right now? Well, it's great fodder that the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated in that who trusts that the Arizona Cardinals are going to run the table and win the Super Bowl? Not me. I don't. don't. Here's a fun little stat. You might have seen this, but since they moved to the Phoenix area in 1988, the Cardinals have only started 4-0 one other time in 2012, and they finished the season 5-11. and So I don't know if we'll get a 5-12 and season this year with the, uh, with <clears throat> the Cardinals, but I'm not going on board with that. We had a few stories about what happened in this week for the NFL. Uh, one good one, uh, Trayvon Diggs. For the Cowboys, had five has five interceptions in four games. He's a leader for Defensive Player of the Year, which you know how much I love calling shots early on. And then also the Jacksonville Jaguars have now lost 19 consecutive games. That's ludicrous. That's a lot of games straight. Can longest we say they're the worst? Longest the- losing streak in the Super Bowl era since 1966. Yeah, uh, they're well, they're tied right now. And if oh well, yeah, since uh, 1976. You know, also Trevor Lawrence, oh, obviously the quarterback of the Jaguars, lost his fourth straight. He didn't lose four games in high school and college combined. <laughs> now he's lost his first four in the NFL. That seems about right. Yeah. Would, would Troy Aikman or something went like 1-15 and his first season with Jimmy Johnson, and then they went on to greatness. So maybe I'm saying right now that Trevor Lawrence could be the next Troy Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's the big story, right? The Cowboys going to win the NFC East? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing great. That that's a tricky pick them right now because they're playing uh at they're playing New York, I think next week and uh You're not going there with Uncle Kirk's pool? I'm not going there because it's a uh, in division. I feel like anything can happen in division oh, yeah. and it scares me. So I'm staying Larry, clear well, of it. Buyer well, beware. Road teams and teams and divisions. That's not what you pick in uh, Survivor. I like that. Look at you. We're cycling together. Yes. Also, the Ra- Raiders hadn't been 3-0. Hadn't been 3-0 since 2000. They hadn't started 3-0 since 2002. They lost the Monday night game. They laid a turd to the Rams. Yeah. But it's crazy. I don't know if you were lo- watching the Monday night game. Man, in L.A., in the Chargers home stadium, there was more Raiders fans. Like, every time the Raiders did something well, they far outweighed the, the yells of the Chargers fans. Yeah, I mean, there's still, even before they left Oakland, there was always Raiders gear around L.A. And so 
maybe for their short stint when they had Bo Jackson down here, people just leaned on to them. Uh, they're like the Cowboys where they know no geographical bounds. Their fans will be uh, show up no matter what. Well, we were both very excited to watch the Sunday night game. Of course, that was Tom Brady and his new team, the Buccaneers, going to New England to take on Tom Brady's old team, the Patriots. Good game. Buccaneers won 1917 with the win. Brady joined Brett Favre, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning in NFL history as the only quarterbacks to beat all 32 teams. He also broke Brees' record for career passing yardage during that game. I feel like that's a nice stat to have if you're a quarterback. You've beaten every team in the league. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it's it's yeah. I mean, I guess all by all accounts, it's cool. I'm trying to think of one way that it's not, and it's like, well, you didn't have the longevity with your team, which maybe if that was in the '90s, that might have meant something more. Like you, you were a Montana type that you just stayed with your team the entire time. But now I think the there's no loyalty because we've heard so many times that it is a business. One one stat that Breeze has held on to, which I think is pretty impressive, is he holds the record for most career passing yards at a stadium. So Brady had the opportunity to pass him for passing yards at Gillette, but he didn't. Breeze has 35,506, the Superdome, which is kind of crazy because he had the two years, I think, in San Diego and uh, still racked up the yards in new Orleans. So you're saying he has the record for most yards in one place in one single stadium. Yeah. Which wow. is kind of like you can massage any stats to make it kind of work out. I thought one of the, one of the biggest stories was uh, Gronkowski being out with a punctured lung and a couple broken ribs. And the fact that he continued to play in that loss against the Rams two weeks ago, Gronkowski and also his commercials suck. I don't like Gronkowski. Well, it was typical Boston fan. They cheered for Tom Brady when he came on the field for the warmups. And then during the game, they shouted him down. So yeah. he got the full Boston treatment. I thought that was perfect. Cause they're, they're good. They're a good fan base. And I feel like they did. They, they gave him the nod, but once, uh, once you're in between the lines, there's no, yeah. there's no friends. Well, there's nothing like making excuses after a win, but Joey Bosa decided after their win to go <laughs> on and say, the refs are blind, he said. I mean, the refs are blind. Simple. I'm sorry, but you're blind. Like, open your eyes and do your job. It's so bad. It's unbelievable. I don't know what the exact NFL wording is for bad-mouthing the shield or the officials. I feel like he has op opened himself to get a little bit of a fine for those comments, but I don't know. I don't just, just play the game. Stop complaining. That's what I say to you, Joey Bosi, and I'll say it to your face. Um, you know, it's funny. We were at uh, my kid's soccer game over the weekend and the game ended and my wife immediately started complaining about the refs after this loss. And I was just like, I don't think people could not complain about the rest. There might. Yes, there are bad calls and people get things wrong, but we're human. We make mistakes. But it's so funny how we're just in a game that's decided by referees. We're just so quick. Even my perfect wife could just jump on a referee after a kid's game. I had, I was a, a soccer referee growing up and I, one time a parent wanted to hit me in the face and they had to pull him away because they didn't like the call that I made. Like people get heated. Something mm -hmm. I think that televised sports should do is when there's a call that's close and we do the replay back and forth, play it through once again at full speed and be like, you make yeah. the right call. Like yeah. it, the, the, so many things happen. I think it's impressive how many calls to get right. Not to say I don't yell at the TV, but stop complaining. You won. 
Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that they're human beings, right? And we know human beings make mistakes. If we want robots, we could throw robots as the referees. I don't know how they're doing that in the NFL, but mistakes happen. We're human beings. That's life. And that's the crazy discussion that people are saying about baseball is that, like, you could just have a radar or some kind of computer to call balls and strikes, but then you lose the human element of it. So people want it both ways. Like, you want to yell at the umpire, but you also don't want a computer uh, telling you that I think tennis is one of the few sports that's embraced it because when they do go to the replay for if the ball was in or out and uh, you can't really argue with the computer. So good job, tennis. If you learn anything today, you learn that you can't argue with the computer. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Learning something on sports best Ravens coach, John Harbaugh's decision to run quarterback Lamar Jackson on the game's final play for five yards, rather than go into victory formation against the Bengals was a bit of an interesting move. Jackson's gain extended Baltimore streak of consecutive games with at least 100 rushing yards to 43, tying the NFL record. Harbaugh, after the game, said, quote, that's one of those things that's meaningful. It's a very, very tough record to accomplish. Now, Broncos coach Vic Fangio didn't like the move. He said they should have just laid down, kneeled down, and not taken the record. But here's the thing. You know, there's no right or wrong answer, obviously. But they are playing a game. You can't tell someone how to play the game. If you don't want them to rush for it, then you can stop them. And then that would have been that. But they right. didn't. They went for the record. So it sort of sounds like sour grapes from the Broncos coach. For sure it's sour grapes. Vic Fangio, calm down. Like, if you don't want that to happen, be be better. Like, if if they were if – uh, if, if Denver was up, you wouldn't want them to take a knee to not break the record. It's like you play the game to win. And uh, again, with the Tom Brady thing, cheer him when he walks in the stadium. But once you're in between the lines, like anything's fair, anything's anything's fair in the NFL and war. Right. So go for it. That's an interesting take from you because I know you're a big fan of all the unwritten rules in baseball. So I didn't think you would go this way. Yeah. Bat flipping and (laughs) plunking people. Yeah. There's not that many. I don't know. I think th- there would be a divided camp on if uh, running up the score or padding your statistics is an unwritten rule in football. I think some people would say it's, it is, and some people say it isn't, but I think the greats would say it's not. Like I think Nick Saban runs up the score. Belichick keeps the, keeps the foot on the throttle because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, the one like maybe argument is, is it really worth putting Lamar Jackson at risk for one extra play that's meaningless for the outcome of the game? But but not necessarily meaningless, meaningless in that maybe one of the linemen gets a bonus because of the rushing yards and things like that. So it's not completely meaningless. Yeah, that's true. But who knows? Well, again, calling our shot Wayne advance. We have the front runners for the MVP early on. It was Patrick Mahomes, but Kyler Murray has been on fire. He's completed 76% of his passes, has 12 touchdowns. And he is currently the favorite to win the MVP this year. And uh, there's a lot of different people there. Uh, Dak Prescott is coming up in the conversation. But so far, the largest bet that Caesars in Las Vegas has taken for the MVP is $20,000 on quarterback Russell Wilson. Mm. So a lot of interesting things there. And a fun note. A quarterback has won the MVP 13 of the last 14 seasons. Can you think of what position or what player won? Wasn't it the Rams running back or something like that? Kind of. It was uh, Adrian Peterson in 2012, 2006 with Danian Tomlinson. 
for the da, 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 San Diego? You know, I'm kind of looking at it some odds. I think the best odds right now, I mean, once again, I don't like favorites, long shot, like Justin Herbert, what? the Chargers quarterback. You just say you don't like the long shot? I know, I do like the long shot. I don't like the, the you know, you can fit Kyler Murray. This is yeah. Larry's long shot. I'm talking about. I, wouldn't, I didn't even have that drop pulled up. I just opened it, so we got into it. I mean, that's what it is. Boom. Jaguars coach Urban Meyer apologizing to his team, family, and owner Shotgun after a viral video surfaced over the weekend that showed a young woman dancing close to his lap at his restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Meyer said he and the family members went to his restaurant, Urban Meyer's Pint House, and people at a nearby event asked if they could take photos with him. The nine-second video shows Myers sitting at a bar in Ohio State pole, pulled over while the young woman danced close to his lap. It was posted to social media and quickly went viral. Oops. Oops, Urban. Oops. I thought the best part of this whole story was his wife posted something on Instagram and said, meanwhile, I'm at home babysitting. And it was her with the kids. And I thought that was pretty great. I mean, I guess now that he's coaching uh, NFL players, he's not really a hypocrite. But I think uh, for college players, you're like, make sure you put yourself in the right position. Like he wasn't groping. I mean, she was standing in front of him grinding. He was just kind of sitting there. He probably liked it, but it wasn't like it didn't look like it was going to go anywhere further. He was in a, he was in the wrong position. He's yep. setting a bad example. There's really but, nothing he could do at that point, right? He can't no. push the woman like he just has to sit and take it. <laughs> Yeah, he's well, yeah, it's it was a bad look. I, I think it's a it's a worse story if he's a college coach still because they're always uh, preaching put yourself in the right uh, position. But pros don't really listen to your coaches. Listen, anyway. dude, this guy's won national championships, got a lot of money. Damn, I'm so happy that we got a nine second viral video of him being under the gun. Yeah, it didn't look good. <laughs> it did look great, but I'm laughing. In NASCAR news, Bubba Wallace is the second black driver to win a NASCAR Cup race at the Yellowwood 500. I always love when we talk about Bubba Watson and Wallace because that means we didn't say the word Bubba a lot. I love when we get to use Bubba, 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 Bubba. Bubba, 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 you beat. First of all, have you ever heard of Yellowwood? Never. It's a, uh, it's a, Pressure Treated Pine Company. They, uh, they've been around for 50 years, and they host this race. This was at the Talladega Motor Speedway. Bubba Wallace is the first black driver to win at the top level of the Elite Stock Car Series since Wendell Scott in 1963. So this makes me think this is, this is great news. I think it's good for the sport. Um, it, I always think when someone breaks a barrier, it makes me think of the first time Tony Hawk did a 900 on his skateboard. And that was like, that was impossible. And now they do it at all sorts of competitions. And so it's like, once someone does this, more people will follow and do it. So I think this is good momentum for diversity to find its way into NASCAR. Congratulations, Bubba Wallace. I do love when we take this great accomplishment of breaking down racial barriers in this country. Bubba Wallace winning, being the first black driver since the 60s to win a predominantly Southern sport. And you compare it to... Tony Hawk skateboarding. I love when you do that. I just, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of a better analogy. Can, can you give me one? I just love it. I'm a big fan. I love when you do that. Big... Well, Tony Hawk is great. Bob Wallace is great. Uh... This show is great. This has been Sports Best. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in.
We will catch you later this week with updates on everything sports related. I'm Andrew Valeri. Thanks for stopping by.